there is an interesting system or an interesting society we've set up for ourselves in which we lack consistency as well as honesty, which kind of amounts to the same thing. Energy has been taken over by government because government has been taken over by vested interests, mainly um, or namely bankers and departments of defenses for that um, society in the West, it's the United States of America, and in so doing have created a set of laws that govern electrodynamics. They're not laws of nature, they're laws, they're man-made laws. I'm thinking of one in particular. One law that reigns supreme and it's fraudulent because it's misrepresented as a law when in fact it is not. It is an executive order. It is not a law. And being an executive order, it is enforced by a team of enforcement, uh, an enforcement team known as physicists. And it's represented as a physics law, a law of physics. When in reality, it's a law of our physical existence in our man-made artificial society. <clears throat> the the artificial uh, aspect, the man-made aspect of our environment, <clears throat> which is society. And the premise or the intention of that law is accountability. So even our justice, our system of justice, is a, is a system of accountability. But a better analogy are bankers, because they pretty much run the show, or orchestrate the show, of energy flow. And it's called currency in, in the vernacular of banking, but in electrodynamic theory it's called current. Interesting analogies. But the most important one is accountability. Energy in has to equal energy out. Well, that's the way money works, right? Or does it? The money you put in your shoe is the same amount that will come out of your shoe. Unless your shoe is destroyed while the money is in there. But, but um, energy is not supposed to be able to be created or destroyed, so... We don't put our money in shoes anymore, do we? We put them in banks. But in the engineering field of electrodynamics, we have banks of capacitors and we have banks of coils, kind of like the Bank of America versus the Bank of... Um, uh, <laughs> the Bank of um, Students, a uh, credit union, you know, the Bank of Students. <clears throat> Bank of America, Bank of Italy used to be called Bank of Italy it became Bank of America anyway and bankers don't like to sit on the money they like to make a profit because if uh, they're in the business of making money not, they don't just store it for free and, and yet that's the way electrical engineers are taught brainwashed to think that energy is stored in banks of capacitors and banks of coils, in the bank of coil, in the bank of a capacitor, free of charge. 
as if there's no cost involved or as if there's no profit to be made, no interest rate to be applied to increase the energy that is stored there. It, it's interesting. We take the analogy of accountability from the banking establishment, but we don't carry over everything. For some odd reason, the way we're brainwashed to think is that the energy entering the coil is the same energy that exits. That's a bunch of laws. The only time we get accountability is with resistance. In other words, the resistance offered to a current in order to stop the current cold, has to equal the energy that's applied. So the, um, the resistance has to counteract but equal the force of current that's being applied in order to stop the current cold. Otherwise, it'll keep continuing or it'll just merely slow down. Or it'll go backwards if the resistance is greater than the force of current. We define that with um, spark gaps and neon bulbs and neon lights. But be that as it may, um, <clears throat> we don't think of capacitors as banks, a bank of capacitor, like a Bank of America, or a coil, a bank of coil, like a Bank of America. And a bank can fail by um, disregarding the regulatory industry, uh, an extension of government. <laughs> we don't... Um, it doesn't work that way in the field of electricity. Electricity is not beholden to man or his man-made devices. It can be forced around... Like you take a wild stallion and you put a bit and bridle in its mouth, but that doesn't make it beholden. That just makes it subject to regulation. And uh, if so, if it were to be deregulated, then it starts to behave like it wants to behave, to do as it pleases. I it would it pleases me to see the an interest rate. When I store energy in a in the bank of capacitor or bank of coil, <clears throat> I want to see an interest rate. I want to see a profit. And that is the other part of the analogy that is the monetary uh, analogy that's left out of the picture is making a profit. At the risk of the bank of coil or the bank of capacitor failing, to make a profit and instead costs the investor who deposits their money, their energy, their in that bank. And they end up coming out with less energy than they started with. Well, we could say the coil uh, lost some of that to heat, and that's true. But if it doesn't... F um, if if we um, overcome uh, such leakage, <laughs> such as a, a thieving uh, clerk at the bank who takes a few dollars out of the till when nobody's looking, um, <clears throat> or at the supermarket, <clears throat> the clerk, the cashier, 
if we don't uh, um, consider that possibility, th there are other ways to lose it. And that's just through inefficiencies, um, not so much theft. Because if we're going to use, if if we if we're honest with ourselves, we have to realize that it's a banking establishment mentality that has been carried over into the engineering of energy, electrical energy in particular. But not all of it has been carried over. And the motive of the banker to make money, that, that has not occurred. Quite the opposite. We only consider inefficiencies and losses, and we don't consider any profit motive to the banking establishment. Now, a very good analogy, a very good uh, uh, example, is the frequency of reactants, electrical reactants. The third pillar of electricity, as taught by Eric Dollard, and as I am interpreting it and expressing my interpretation to you. We have bank, the Bank of America analogy, a, a parallelism of the bank of capacitor and the bank of coil to store energy, which is taught in conventional classrooms, but not taught as a bank <laughs> to make uh, who has a profit motive involved, uh, involved. But the third pillar of electrical dynamics is frequency. How quickly... How often per unit of time does energy get stored or ingested, I should say, into the bank of coil or bank of capacitor during each half cycle of oscillations versus discharged as students of electrical engineering are taught out of the bank of capacitor or bank of coil on on the, each subsequent half cycle of oscillations. If you speed up the rate of, of oscillations involving half cycles of storage and discharge from banks of capacitor and banks of uh, coil, an interesting phenomenon happens. The motive, the profit motive, gets an added incentive to occur more frequently, or the loss, for that matter, also both, not or, and. The loss is due to inefficiencies, but the profit motive as well. Both get increased. And the interesting thing about loss is that it only applies to real power. You can't lose the reactance aspect, the profit motive. You can't lose that. It can be a negative profit, but it can also be a positive profit. It can't be both, but the losses and inefficiencies only applies to the application of funds, your, your original principle that you invest. That one you can lose to, due to inefficiencies, leakages. But the profit motive cannot be lost. It can only be compounded. And it's either a positive profit or it's a negative profit, but it's a profit nonetheless and has nothing to do with the principle that can be lost 
to inefficiencies such as the leakage of magnetism is the most obscene of all because it's the most um it's the largest <laughs> inefficiency of, of of electricity is the magnetic aspect of electricity it gets lost very easily and very readily leaving us with a bunch of voltage and not much else but that's the principle that's not the profit which can be you know when you when you when you're a banker and you invest your customers money to make a profit the money they deposited with you you're taking a risk you're you're playing a game of casino in which you may lose or you may gain yet that's a profit loss or a profit gain that's not a leakage of principle the principle is leaked through various inefficiencies such as magnetic loss or it simply moves the, the the customer comes and removes the money that was deposited in your bank of capacitor or bank of coil but it cannot be um but it but but it but your loss is uh, only applies to the principal the money that's stored the energy the electrical energy that's stored as which is real power that is lost you cannot lose a profit that's gained off of your investment risk that you took when you invested your customer's principal and that principal excuse me that profit aspect is reactive power which is considered in electrical engineering terminology as being called lossless you you can compound it but you cannot lose it and the compounding can be in a positive direction or in a negative direction depending on your risk how well do you fare taking that risk of investing your customer's pr- uh, money which is your principal so you have to look at electrical engineering in its entirety you have to look at electricity in its entirety as a complete analogy with the banking establishment not a partial analogy which is the way it is taught as if there's no pr- risk involved of storing a principal in a bank of coil or a bank of capacitor and not seeing them as a bank run by a banker namely capacitance or inductance being the bankers involved <clears throat> running the show it's unfortunate but that's the way to regulate society is not give complete knowledge and only give a partial knowledge and then give you a fairy tale of a law of conservation to make up the difference and enforce that law as an executive order to make it look like a law when it's not it's an executive order because it becomes self-fulfilling what happens is we can no longer make a profit because we're not told we can make a profit from storing electrical energy in a coil or a capacitor so instead of looking at it as a profit um motive or profit venture instead we're we're told oh we have to keep adding money to the bank 
because it keeps leaking out and it keeps getting spent through leakage as it sits there. So we have to work every day. And slave away at a nine-to-five job every day to keep putting money in the bank because it keeps leaking out. And the leakage being the most, the, 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 the most glaring leakage, the, the largest leakage is magnetism. And we have to keep applying voltage to make up for magnetic losses in coils and in wire because it's going to leak out energy like crazy. Capacitor will store voltage, but it doesn't store current. Current is where you make your money because current is the weakest or the most useful, I should say. It's it's ironic it's the it's the weakest link in the link in the chain of electricity because it's the easiest to lose. But it's where we get our power from because voltage just sits there. It's static. It's why it's called electrostatic for a reason because it just sits there in the capacitor or in the capacitance of a coil or, or wire and doesn't leak out, not very readily. And so it just sits there and we're left with voltage without any current. Without current, we can't have currency. We can't have the movement uh, that we desire to run the machinery of our economy and give us power, give us a powerful existence, watts, in electricity, or wealth, the appearance of wealth, in our society. The appearance of wealth is, is not just the, the, the um, admonishment to store your energy in, in a bank, to store your money, to store your currency. It's to spend it. You know, you buy fancy clothes, you buy a big car, you buy a big house, buy a few yachts, and now you have the appearance of wealth. But if you had not spent it, you just have it as a potentiality, which is volts. It's called a, a potential for a reason, because it's a potential of wealth, but only in spending it do you appear to be wealthy, either wastefully, you spend it away, or conservatively, but nonetheless, only by spending it, by creating a, a ground someplace else, a second reference, someplace other than the bank of capacitor or bank of coil, so that some of that voltage can be moved or removed as current, as an exchange of money, an exchange of currency. Only then do we have the benefit of that static force of potentiality known as electrostatics or di the dielectric force that is potential wealth, but then it gets spent and it becomes actual actualized wealth and now we say, aha, aha, that guy is wealthy, that gal is wealthy. So Watts, it, the power of wealth is not recognized unless the potentiality of wealth is spent. And unfortunately, because we look at capacitors and coils as if they are resistors, as if there's no profit to be made by storing energy in a 
capacitor or coil versus storing it in a resistor. Well, wait a second. Resistors don't store, do they? Right. So resistors merely cost us. But we look at capacitors and coils as if they're the same thing. We call it capacitive reactance to equate it with resistance as if that's the only thing it does is give you capacitive impedance or a coil of wire giving you inductive impedance and nothing more. It's, it's so bizarre, this, the way we look at things. Unbelievable. I mean, it's true capacitors do impede and coils, but that's not the way to look at them. That impedance is merely the the negative profit aspect of the risk we take storing the energy in the bank of capacitor or bank of coil. It's not... And, and because we only look at it that way, it, it blocks our view of the possibility of making a positive profit instead of a negative one when we take the risk of storing it in a bank of capacitor or a bank of coil. We don't see them as complete analogies to the banking establishment who is busy running the show of electrodynamic theory through it, the agency of its governmental regulation, regulators known as physicists. That's what they are. You know, oh God, you know, I don't want to repeat myself ad nauseum, and quite frankly, I don't need to. Because a word to the wise is sufficient enough, and if you're not wise enough to get it the first time, then you're not going to get it upon the second time or third time. You have to uh, be left alone and be allowed for this information to come into ripening on your own time, which may take more than one lifetime in most cases. If you don't get it right away, then you're not ready to get it. You, you just haven't been prepared enough. And all I can do, or all I can hope to do, is to prepare you to make you a little easier for the next bloke who comes along, or even bloquette, to prepare you further until finally you get it on your own. You wake up and you go, aha, we have been lied to by not give, being given the, the complete and whole honest truth. If we're going to make an analogy from the banking establishment and call the movement of static potential current, just like we call the movement of money currency in our exchange, our monetary exchanging system of money, of economics. I mean, it's, it's, we're not being totally honest. By seeing it as a... A regulated industry. Electricity is an industry of that is regulated by a team of inf governmental enforcers called physicists who enforce the law of conservation of energy as an executive order, as a self-fulfilling order, because 
the consequence of doing that is that you have to keep applying pot- the potential of voltage, namely the um, the storage or the movement of principle into the bank of capacitor or bank of coil in order to make up for the losses due to our spending it as magnetism, spending it as currency to generate actualized wealth from that potentiality of wealth known as voltage. Not knowing that, not realizing that the bank can make investments that are risky, but if we play our cards right, we can we can get a profit out of it. And that profit can be larger than the principal. It can be humongous. A little risky, but it is possible. And in any situation in which the risk is looked at as possibly larger than the principal, uh, tenuous very a razor's edge a very requiring a good great deal of skill and no longer is simply putting your money in a shoe kind of mentality which is really for somebody who's either stupid or just plain immature like a child either way it amounts to the same thing the intelligence of a child putting money in a shoe it's it's electrodynamic theory is far more complicated than that and yet that's the way it's taught. As if there's no other way to think of it. I mean, bankers are very sophisticated individuals to be to be able to pull off their risk of making a humongous profit off of the principles stored in their bank by their customers. They can't be little children. They have to be sophisticated adults who've been taught all the various techniques on how to make a sizable profit off of the the investment the customer makes in their banking establishment. And electrical engineering is no different. If we want to understand free energy. I mean, think of it, that's what the banker does. At the cost of the customer's hard-earned cash that they sweated for in their blue-collar job, the banker makes free profit that costs him absolutely nothing because it's not his money that he invested in various schemes to make a profit. It's his customer's money. So the customer takes the loss if the banker should fail at making a profit, a positive profit, and instead uh, making a negative profit. It's the customer's money that's that suffers the loss. <sighs> well, at least that was the case a hundred years ago, right? <laughs> when the government, when our government didn't get very involved, we had the Great Depression. But that's why um, the analogy breaks down because government has gotten very highly regulated into the business of ba- the banking establishment. But when we look at the banking establishment in its utter nakedness of honesty. This is the way I see it to describe it. 
it's a hell of a way because it's brutally honest. And nobody likes the brutal truth. They'd, at least Americans don't. We've been mollycoddled so much that foreigners look at us like we're stupid. We're just plain ignorant at the very least. At least that part is true. But it also makes us look stupid. Wealthy, the wealthiest planet on the planet, excuse me, the wealthiest country on the planet, but also it makes us look like we're the stupidest group of individuals walking around on this planet and yet feared because we're the most powerful. We can afford to be because we have all this wealth to spend on our Department of Defense, something other countries don't get have the wealth wealthy opportunity to get to spend. So it's um it's <laughs> our wealth has become quite belligerent in the sense of becoming stupid. Um if that's the way to maintain wealth is through stupidity. No, it, it it's well not the ones who manage, who engineer, who socially engineer us like a bunch of chess pieces on a chessboard. They have to be crafty and clever. They understand what free energy is and they'll do everything they can to compete against the populace at large from understanding it. And they're succeeding very well. I don't want to say it's admirable of them. It's their karma. <laughs> their future karma that, that they expect to run away from and keep running away from. But at some point, they're going to want to stop running away from it and they will allow it to come back to them. And they can't imagine such a point in time occurring. Say, what? Why would I undermine all the handiwork that I have created in this society to my advantage, to their advantage? Well, because they might get a change of heart. They may actually grow up. And all creatures in creation must grow. That is the, the primary law, is the law of evolution. No one stays the same in their vices to keep us ignorant and keep us stupid. It's not going to happen forever. Of course, as they grow up and mature and deal with their karma, new stupid people take their place and to manage society along such lines of uh, control. So, collectively, are we really growing? Yeah, very slowly, though. It'll take a couple of million years for most people to catch up to uh, the very small handful of people who speak out against these lies and frauds. I've been doing it since I was a teenager. I can't stand fraud. But there is fraud in the engineering field of electrodynamics, in electrical engineering. There's definitely fraud. For the most part, and the ones who are honestly managing the whole situation keep their mouths shut because they know better. They don't want to lose their job. They're in a nice position as control freaks. <laughs> They're getting paid admirably to be control freaks but, and protect their position by keeping their, their mouth shut or just lying outright. 
like the electrical engineer who argued with me that it's not a scientific truth if it cannot if you cannot make a profit off of it then it can't possibly be scientifically true <laughs> well now if that's not an honest lie a brutally honest lie i don't know what is and on that note i will end <laughs>